Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to talk about today the body and the blood. The body and the blood. The body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Because we're going to receive communion, we're going to uh, see some scriptures today that relate to uh, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll begin with verse 3 of chapter 10 of Hebrews In verse 3 it says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. In those sacrifices there is a remembrance of of sins uh, again every year. So in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, they were, the high priest was to uh, take the blood of the animal sacrifice into the holy of holies and present it there for the sins of the people, for their own sins and for the sins of the people. That blood that represented really a type of the blood of Jesus was only to cover the sins of the people. Then next year, the same process has to occur. They do that again. The high priest goes into the holy of holies and he presents the blood of animal sacrifices for the sin, his own sins and the sins of the people. So, now, verse 4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It is not possible. So, it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take the sins away from the people. In other words, to remove those sins in such a way that those sins are blotted out completely. So then, that's why the high priest has to come again and remembrance is made of the sins. So then, Jesus is the only one that is sinless. Jesus bypassed Natural generation, sin was passed down generation after generation from Adam. And Jesus bypassed that through the Holy Spirit conceiving or causing Mary to conceive in her womb. The Holy Spirit came on her, and so she conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is totally only one-time occurrence. Once it happened in history, will never happen again. Jesus became a man. But he was God manifest in the flesh. So God became man. Jesus was a perfect man. He had a sinless body. Unlike every other man is born with sin-affected bodies, meaning that you have a sin-affected body, and the proof of that is you have a mortal body. In other words, it's going to die unless Jesus comes before it does. So, you were born with the sin's effect. Everybody was born with sin's effect. I won't get into a lot of detail. I'll just leave it there, okay? So, Jesus is the only sinless man. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So then, Jesus is the only sinless man. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. 
Now, Jesus shows up. And John the Baptist was his forerunner. He preached repentance. But Jesus was going to come to take our sins away. And, Jesus, and John the Baptist, because he was a prophet and he was a forerunner of Jesus, when he saw Jesus in, in the first chapter of John, chapter 1 and verse uh, 29, he said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin. Takes away the sin. So Jesus took away our sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where it's literally gone. It doesn't come back next year for remembrance. It's literally gone. There's no other sacrifice necessary. There's one sacrifice being made. And that is the one Jesus Christ. So then in verse 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, this is Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. So Jesus is talking to the Father and actually says something very similar. uh, Verses below, I won't take time to read the whole context here. But he says it again with emphasis. All right, so wherefore, when he comes into the world, Jesus saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. In other words, other translations say you did not desire. In other words, he didn't desire just the blood of animals, although he commanded it, and it was to cover the sins of the people. That was not his ultimate desire. The reason was because it was having to be repeated again and again, and it did not really remove their sins, remit their sins in a way that they could be born again and new creatures in Christ. So then, he did not desire that. That was not God's ultimate desire. God's desire, they were only types of what Jesus was going to do. But Jesus had a body that was sinless. Jesus had a body that he lived in for 33 years. And he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he not only was sinless in his birth, in the sense of his body was not affected by sin. Praise the Lord. But Jesus... Lived a sinless life. Jesus fulfilled all the law. And even he said to John that he needed to be baptized of John. And John said, I need, I need to be baptized of you. But he followed through because he said, it suffers me to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus fulfilled all the law. And he is the only one that ever did and the only one that ever could live a totally sinless life. So Jesus was a sinless man from beginning of his birth till the time he was crucified. 
So he actually could identify with us because he was tempted in all points. He identified with man's sin, and yet he did not sin himself. He saw what the pressures were. He felt the pressures even in the garden. He felt the pressures. Right? He felt the pressure that the devil would put on. He was tempted, and yet he did not sin. Now, he is a sinless man, so this body is going to go to the cross. This body is carrying the blood that's going to redeem the human race. Praise God. So he said, but a body hast thou prepared me. Now, verse 17 says, and their uh, sins and iniquities, I will I remember no more. I'm not going to remember your sins. Now, this blood of bulls and goats and calves, and that blood was not sufficient. There had to be a remembrance of those sins. And there had to be another sacrifice. Year after year, another sacrifice. So this, this blood of Christ is going to erase your sin. It's going to eradicate your sin. It's going to do away with your sin. It's going to say that you are born again, that you have eternal life. It's going to say that you are in union with Christ. It's going to say that you're one with Christ. It's going to say that you're a workmanship of God in Christ. And we could go on, but yet now something is going to happen that you are actually washed by the blood of Jesus and you stand clean before him and you come to the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, it's referred to in some writings as the great redemptive chapter because the whole chapter is talking about redemption and it's unique uh, in the sense of it is a prophetic scripture concerning what Jesus was going to do. And so we're looking, we'll begin with verse 3. Verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. I'm going to give you a little uh, of our study in this particular verse where it says sorrows, it would be better translated pains. And then it says acquainted with grief and it would be better translated sicknesses. So then we could read it that way. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of pains and acquainted with grief. A man of pains and acquainted with grief or acquainted with sicknesses. Now, when I say that, of course, that is a better translation, I believe, according to Isaac Lesser and others. And for the time's sake, we won't go no further with that. We'll just say that that's our belief, all right, based on our study. So then, 
He bore your sicknesses and your pains. Now, when I say that as well, I want to say that your griefs and sorrows were also borne by Jesus. So we don't want to imply that that is not born. Because Jesus bore all of man's pain. Every kind of pain you can imagine. He bore it all. He took it all. This is, this is not a, a halfway insurance policy, you know. Uh, we don't cover that. We don't cover that. We don't cover that. No, no, we don't cover that. No, we don't cover that. Praise the Lord. This is full coverage. And it's better than any full coverage that you may have. This insurance is God's insurance. God is the backer. I said God is the backer. And he, God, sent his son to pay the price so that you could have the full benefit. Hallelujah. You can have the full benefit of God's provision. And all the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen. But all the promises of God have blood on them. That's why they are yes. They're yes in him. God has already said yes in him when Jesus paid the price. So man's sin in the past through the forbearance of God before the cross, it was like on credit. God forgave him on credit. Now, we all have credit cards, and it's easy to, you know, use a credit card. If you had cash, you know when that cash is going away. <laughs> you look in your wallet and say, mm-hmm, well, uh, maybe I shouldn't do this. But when it's a credit card, you're not counting up. You're not keeping a real good record of your spend, spending, so it's easy to just spend money. Right, But we all know that uh, that credit card bill comes due. Even though, I mean, it was easy, but now you got to pay the bill, right? So we all know that that's a reality. Well, in the Old Testament, God forgave their sins and healed their bodies and did everything on a credit. But Jesus paid the bill. So Jesus paid the bill for man's sin in the past. And going forward to the end of hum humanity on the, in the sense of until Jesus returns and takes us out of here and so on. Praise the Lord. Praise God. That's a lot to talk about. But Jesus, hallelujah, paid the whole bill. Hallelujah. So Jesus, through his redemptive work on the cross... The scriptures actually give you a picture of what he has done and give you revelation. The Holy Spirit gives you revelation of what Jesus has done. So we're going to go to verse 4. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses. It says griefs, but better translated sicknesses. And carried our sorrows or our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. Where? In his body. This body that God had prepared him is being wounded, was beaten. 
Scripture says his visage was not recognizable. In other words, he was so beaten, we don't, you know, we don't see it. I, I think we don't see the beating. We don't know the lashes, the, the horrible beating that Jesus took before he went to the cross. But God saw every drop of blood because every time he was wounded, every time he bled, it was redemption. It was redemption. Hallelujah. It was the payment. It was the payment for man's sin. It was the payment for their healing, their redemption. It was, it was to be full coverage. Everything supplied. Everything supplied. Everything's covered. Not one thing is left out. God covered your whole spirit, your soul, your body, your family, your finances, your future, your destiny, your purpose. God covered it all in Christ. More than you can think of. What you haven't even thought of, God's already got you covered. I mean, I wasn't sitting around the house thinking about, oh, I'm going to have a pipe break. I'm going to have a pipe break. I'm going to have a pipe break. No, I wasn't doing that and didn't even think about a pipe breaking. Pipe broke. Didn't know for sure it was a pipe broke. Didn't know what, where it was coming from. We had to discover where it came from and trace it. Well, God knows. He knows all things, right? But he's got me covered. He's got you covered. Praise God. I said he's got you covered. Hallelujah. He's looked way ahead, and he's got everything covered. Hallelujah. So don't, up, up, up. You know, the devil will try to get you. Well, where's God? Well, he's right here. He's right here. He's right here with you. And never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. God's with you, and he's with you right now. He's for you. God be for you. Who or what can be against you? God's on your side. God's working on your behalf. He's already working on things before your problem even arises. Hallelujah. He's got some things set up for you, and he's going to get you through. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Surely he hath borne. Everybody say, surely. Surely he hath borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and our pains. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we are what? Healed. And with his stripes we are healed. So healing is provided in the redemptive work of Christ. It's one of God's provisions. Verse 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us, what? All. The iniquity of us all. So then you go to 1 Peter, and this is, Peter is looking back at the cross. Isaiah is looking to the cross. And he said he was wounded. For our transgression. Peter, looking back at the cross, in 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 24, says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. Where? In his own body. On the tree. Jesus was bearing our sins in his own body. 
Well, if he's bearing our sins, he's also bearing the penalty for our sin. He was made to be sin. He who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So Jesus was bearing our sins in his own body, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes, by his stripes, we were healed. So Isaiah prophesying as if he was in the moment. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So now, fast forward, Peter is talking about what just happened, that Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, and by his stripes we were healed. So, were means we are. Right? So then, your confession is, I am. Hallelujah. Healed. Jesus says, we were, then I say, I am. Praise God. We were says to you that you are, so then you can say, I am. By his stripes, I was healed. Praise God. So healing is part of communion. When we partake of that bread, it represents his body. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So we're remembering his death till he come. So then we are remembering what his death in that body did. And one thing it did is it brought healing. He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, and the sicknesses and diseases, praise God. You're healed. Hallelujah. Go with me to the New, uh, New Testament again in Hebrews 9, please. Hebrews 9. In Hebrews 9, verse 11, it says, But Christ be being come an high priest of good things to come, by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He entered in once with his own blood. So the high priest would go in in the Old Testament. He would, he would go in and he would p- place the blood of the goats and calves upon the mercy seat. But now Jesus, with his own blood that came from this perfect human body that had been made sin and suffered for all of man's sin, the penalty was paid. The penalty was paid. Jesus' blood was the price that was paid. Now, his blood was shed, and now blood from this body that was prepared by God. Now, he shed his blood, and he takes his blood after his resurrection. He takes his blood into the heavenly holy of holies, having obtained eternal redemption for us, having obtained it. 
having obtained it. He has it. This is redemption that he has, this eternal redemption, meaning that you don't have to now go every year and the sins be uh, covered for another year. No, you go to the same place. If a person calls on Jesus today, accepts Jesus as Lord, confesses Jesus as Lord, it goes to the same mercy seat. Jesus doesn't have to die again. He doesn't have to pay the penalty again. He did it once and for all and for all time and for all men. So then Jesus has accomplished through his death and resurrection, he's obtained eternal redemption. So this eternal redemption and the payment that is paid is in heaven and there's mercy that is endless. Hallelujah. That is eternal. There's mercy in this blood that is eternal. And if you do sin, confess your sins, God is, uh, God is faithful to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all. What unrighteousness. God's faithful to cleanse you. Why? He's faithful to what Jesus has done. He's faithful to his promise. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to the blood. He's faithful to what Jesus has done. And the word just tells you what, the, what Jesus has done. And so what we're looking to is we're looking to the blood. Every time we come to Jesus, we're looking to Jesus' blood. We're looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? So Jesus has paid the price. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer Sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. No sin, sinless, without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So this is an amasea. It is an eternal redemption that is endless and it will Redeem you any moment, any time, any time, in any place. God's grace will be released and you'll see his goodness displayed. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit now is wanting us to see clearly. Thank you, Jesus. That the blood was more than enough. How sufficient. More than sufficient. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now let's go to verse 22 of the same chapter. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of, the bl of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. The heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands 
which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Jesus went into heaven itself, into the holy of holies itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he sh- should offer himself as a high priest endureth, entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So Jesus has made one sacrifice for sins forever for everyone. This blood is in the heavens. It is in the, on the mercy seat of heaven And it speaks better things than that of Abel. It's speaking of mercy. It's speaking of grace. It's speaking of God's goodness. It's speaking of God's love. It's speaking of God's hand. It is speaking of God's plan. It is speaking of the fulfillment of that plan. It is speaking of redemption. It is speaking of deliverance. It's speaking of healing. Is speaking of wholeness. Is speaking of joy. Is speaking of peace. Glory to God. And the list goes on and on. Why? Because God has given us full coverage. Everything is covered. Everything you need or ever will need has been covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption is complete. Not another thing to do. Jesus has met the claims of justice and God has approved of what he has done. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Oh, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. How can you say that except for God so loved the world? God is not... A bad God, a mean, brutal God. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why? Because he was hugging or loving the world to himself. He was bringing all of man to himself. He was reconciling all of man to himself. It was God's love. And it couldn't be anything else but love. It couldn't be anything else but love. And Jesus inherits hallelujah while we look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy the next chapter says this for the joy for the what joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, 
despising the shame of the sin and the cross and the death and the brutality and all of the, all of the things that he went through, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, Jesus had joy set before him. Why? He was seeing beyond the cross. He was seeing beyond the pain. He was seeing beyond the sufferings. He was seeing beyond his separation from the Father. He was seeing beyond it all. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And you were his joy. You were his prize. You were his inheritance. In Psalm 2 it says, ask of me. God speaking to Jesus. Ask of me and I will give to you. Hallelujah. 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 Ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. In other words, Jesus gets the whole world if they will come to him as brothers. He's the firstborn among many What? Brothers. He gets the whole world that will come to him. Anybody, whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. Jesus gets a real big family. Hallelujah. He gets a family that is, many of them are in heaven right now. And we are, hallelujah. We see that there's a company that has already gone before us. But thank God, heaven is going to be a real big family of his children, of his people. God manifested his love in that he calls the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we shall be like, when we see him, we shall be like him. Praise God. We'll never be him. You understand? He's... He's the only one redeemer. He's the only savior. He's the only healer in the sense of he's the only deliverer in the sense that it all comes through him. But we get to be like him in his presence and God will have his family together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. Then Jesus, verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, or food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. True food and true drink. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. So this union is formed. Between us and Christ. 
as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. As I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall live by me. So now, Jesus says that you can be a part of the family in heaven. You can be a part. You can be in union with Christ. You can be in union with God. You can be one with Christ, one with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit. You can be one. Thank you, Jesus. This is amazing grace. Amazing grace. So then, when you believe on Jesus, you're partaking of his flesh. When you believe on Jesus, you're partaking of his blood. And you receive eternal life. Hallelujah. I said, when you believe on Jesus, it's in the same chapter. When you believe on Jesus, you receive eternal life. When you believe that his body was hung on the cross, he died. You believe that he was raised again. You confess him as Lord with your mouth, the Bible says you're saved. Eternal life comes. Today, when we eat of this bread, we're actually, by faith, partaking of the results of his body broken for us. In other words, there's healing in this act of faith. Eating the bread, representing his body. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Jesus just before his crucifixion, ate the Last Supper with his disciples. He said, and when he had given thanks, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. When you Take of that bread. You're doing it in remembrance of Jesus. It's not just a religious thing. It's a reality thing. You're remembering what his body went through. Remembering what his body has done for you. And healing is included in this. Many other things, but healing. After the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. So you do receive the juice as a type or representation of his blood. And we do it in remembrance of his blood being shed. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So we are proclaiming or we're saying we believe Jesus is coming. We believe Jesus died. We believe Jesus paid the price for our sin, suffered for our sicknesses, 
and all of our pains, everything is covered through Jesus Christ. We believe that God raised him again from the dead. And we believe that Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for us. He's coming for his bride. He's coming for his church. Hallelujah. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily or in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat and drink of that cup. So in other words, he didn't want you to examine yourself and say, well, I can't do that. I can't eat. No. Examine yourself. Ask God's forgiveness and eat. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. But the opposite of that is God's promise. We partake of Jesus, his body, his blood. And we're strong. We're not sickly. We're healed. God's promises. For this cause, he said, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, we should not be condemned of the world. It is better to be chastened of the Lord if necessary. But 